1: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.TV to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Every Saturday, sports schedules permitting, we go outdoors with Steve Carney. and Steve, always good to visit with you and... Uh, we're inching ever closer to spring and and that's a good thing it'll take time though hey
0: you got it steve good afternoon um yeah it's a beautiful day up in lakes country it's you know 30 degrees and there's a little bit of rain and stuff coming in but uh it's better than it was so yeah things are improving slowly our snow melt is uh Starting and then it's going to be really good for the lakes in northern Minnesota, northwestern Minnesota. We get the good melt, and we're going to get those levels in these lakes up where they should be. Uh, they were so low last year; it was really bad, as bad as I've ever seen it. But with the snowpack we have, I think we're going to be in really good shape come the walleye opener in May 14th.
2: Now, Steve, in your archives, you have stuff that you could probably sell for a lot of money, and that is a logbook where you catch fish. Uh, how you did, uh, spots you didn't catch fish in, um, and you wanted to get into that in more detail. You're, you're not going to sell your logbook, but but you invite anglers, you know, to kind of keep track where they're biting, where they're not. A lot of different details can help out you know, down the road and in future years.
0: Oh, you got it, Steve. You know, I we, we have not talked about this subject in the 25, 30 years that we've been doing this, Um Having a logbook is very important. I have uh, some ring binders that I have, and every time I go out, I jot down the depth, the lake, um, any type of water temperature issues, humidity, and as much information as I can put down, even if I have a bad day. And that's really hard when you have a bad day and you have to sit down in the logbook, but it's very important. And the reason is I go back and look through my logbooks all the time. Especially when I get into May, I look back and I go, what was good in May? What was not good in May? What were the good depths? What were the good lakes? And I'll tell you, if you can just, you know, it, it takes a lot of um, time and effort, you know, when you go fishing and you get done, to sit down and fill out your logbook. It's 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 a pain, but it's really important. And I have years and years of stuff that I've accumulated And it's amazing how history repeats itself every year. Um, You can go back and find the conditions in May from four or five years ago that are very similar to May right now. And the pattern is the same, the fishing pattern. They're in the same depth. Um, They're in the same location. All these things are very important. And... um, it's a pain, but it's really important that people, if they really are serious about fishing, and especially people who fish a lot of different lakes and go to the Dakotas and, um, you know, go to Iowa, do whatever they do, it's really important to have this logbook. And the more entries you have and the longer you go, the better off you are. And it it really makes a big difference.
2: Steve Carney, joining us, com, And uh, Steve... As you take a look back at this ice fishing season, the deadline, you know, get, get the houses off the ice, et cetera, uh, summarize it for us. and what, what do you experience this season?
0: Well, Steve, you know, it was kind of a bittersweet season. The, the catching was really good. I would have to say this winter season overall and all the lakes I was on were very, very good. It was just the conditions were horrible. Um, I was dealing with, you know, 20, 30 below zero in the mornings and lots of snow, lots of slush early in the season. So it was a very difficult winter to really get to where you wanted to go. I would have to say in my lifetime, this was probably the toughest winter I've ever experienced, but the catching was really good. And I think there were a lot of factors. There was a lot less pressure because people couldn't get their big wheelhouses out Uh, because of the snow and the cold. And, you know, it kept a lot of people off the ice. So I think the pressure was significantly less, but it was a good season. And I guess you have to, you know, give it maybe a B plus uh, overall. And, you know, right now we've still got some of the best pan fishing, you know, coming up here in another week or 10 days, we start to get this snow melt and, you know, get down to bare ice. This is when the fishing can get really, really good. And You know, as far as I know, we could be ice fishing on the walleye opener May 14th, the way it's going, because we've got a good 32, 34 inches of ice.
2: Yeah, and uh, it it is going to take a while, and we want that melt generally to be low in snow because it cuts down on flooding. And you brought this up throughout this winter season. There there is a silver lining in all this snow and so on and so forth, is that uh, it was really dry and water levels were low and hopefully... uh, lakes around the state are going to get a bump
0: you know steve when i every time i go across uh, um, highway 24 through uh, across the mississippi river i think of you and i look out and i see islands sticking out of the mississippi river and i'm going this is not good but i think again with the snow we have north and as that flows south, I think that's going to improve. But I do think of you when I go over the bridge and I look down yeah. there and I go, Steve's down there somewhere in his pontoon boat.
2: Yeah, that's that, that <laughs> exactly right. I'm pretty close to the dam. So our, our water levels were were pretty stable, but you didn't have to go too far upstream to, to see really low levels. But But there's no doubt lakes were down all over the state, and that takes a while for those to bounce back.
0: You know, last year, Steve, the the fishing pressure, for, especially from big boats in northern Minnesota, northwestern Minnesota, even in the far west, was really down because they could not launch a bigger boat on the lakes. Yeah. Uh, I would say maybe 50, 60 percent of the lakes you just couldn't get a big boat in. And at the end of the year, I ended up going to my backup 16-foot boat just to be able to get it into these lakes. So I think the fishing pressure was a lot less, and, you know, a lot of people pulled their docks in in July and August, you know, way early because the water was so low. But I think, you know, right now, the way things look, we're going to be right where we should be here come May and June. So looking forward to that.
2: All right, so for Minnesota, water is south of highways 2 and 200. The deadline is March 7th. That's coming up on Monday to get the fish houses off the ice. Uh, The deadline, March 21st, North of there. So be aware of that. Steve, where are you going to be in the coming week?
0: Well, Steve, I've got a speaking engagement in St. Cloud on Friday. Then I head to the Sioux Falls Sports Show. So it's going to be kind of an interesting week and try to sneak a little bit of uh, crappie fishing in this week, depending on what the weather does. So it's all good. I, I really love this time of year when we're anticipating open water and You know, getting to the end of the ice fishing season, I'm getting to the point I really don't want to drill any more holes. So it's all uh, uphill (laughs) from here.
2: (laughs) I suppose. And then uh, maybe we'll talk uh, your trip out to the Missouri River. That's got to be coming up fairly quick.
0: Fairly quick. I'm already climbing the wall, Steve. Thank you for mentioning that.
2: (laughs) All right. Take care, Steve. Visit with you in a week. All right. There he is, Steve. There he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors, Saturdays. Or Sundays for years, sports schedules permitting. But uh, as of late, it's been Saturdays following the news at 4 o'clock. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll get a preview of that State Boys hockey tournament. Uh, the 1-A starts on Wednesday. The double-A on Thursday. Todd Berglund, head coach at Maple Grove. The Crimson are the number three seed. They'll play down in the quarterfinals next Thursday at the X. And we'll visit with Todd in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Section finals are over. They had the uh, seating and the random draw, and the pairings are set for the boys' state hockey tournament starting next Wednesday with 1A. Double A starts on Thursday. One of the great traditions, one of the great annual events in high school sports anywhere in the country is the boys' state hockey tournament. And the Maple Grove Crimson are going to be there. Head coach Todd Berglund joins us. Todd, good to visit with you, I hope all is well.
1: Yeah, everything couldn't be better, Steve. Uh, great to visit with you also.
2: Yeah, and uh, another great year for Maple Grove and uh, winning that section final, taking down Rogers 4-2. to uh, Talk to coaches, players. Uh, winning that section final is a big deal.
1: Yeah, it, it is a big deal, and... Uh, uh, I mean, there, it was uh, uh, certainly a fun uh, atmosphere up in Elk River this year. Uh, uh, that's the first time we've ever played at that venue. What a beautiful facility up there that they built, and uh, it was a rocking environment. You know, Rogers obviously being close to Elk River had a great crowd. His good Maple Grove, and uh, uh, you know those section final games there—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're fun. It, it really is. a... A fun environment. Uh, we had two really good teams playing each other. Rogers is a, a nice club, and uh, it, it was a really uh, fun game to watch.
2: Yeah, and Rogers. They they have really put together uh, a good good program up there. They they've got a great rink, a good youth program, and uh, they're, they're they're certainly going to be a force to be reckoned with in the boys and girls game going forward.
1: Yeah, there's no question. They I mean they're doing well at the youth levels and um um they're uh you know they uh they're definitely leaving a mark up there and uh, as you say they will be a, a force to be reckoned with in the future. So um it's you know they they had great success this season and and uh but you know I, I our boys were rolling and uh we're gonna keep
2: rolling. And on to the state tournament. Uh seating meeting, and then the random draw today. Um, h- how does that work? Do you do, you do it on Zoom? Uh, do you get together in a room somewhere? Tell us about that part of it, Todd.
1: Yeah, well, basically how it works is uh, the coaches submit what they think are their rankings uh, from one to seven. You cannot vote for your own team. And um, it uh, once those votes are done, and that's usually done, prior to 8 o'clock this morning, and then uh, at 9.30, uh, all the coaches, both Class A and AA, get on the phone, and then they meet, and, and uh, we have a Zoom meeting with the high school league and and uh, the media and, and all those folks, and uh, they uh, talk about all the logistics and then um, obviously about uh, the seating, which everyone is kind of waiting for that, uh, that moment.
2: Uh, Number three seed for your team, Uh, here we go, number one, Hill Murray, number two, Creighton-Durham Hall, then number three, Maple Grove, the four, Moorhead, and over the number five. And that put Lakeville South, Prior Lake, Annie Dinah into the random draw. And in that random draw, you end up with the Hornets in game two on Thursday. And I suppose at this point you're happy to be in the tournament, and now it's let's play.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know our 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 boys have been saying all year long that uh we're, we're, we 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 want to play 31 games and we we want to go out and uh leave a mark on this tournament and uh we we're ready to play. There's no question about that. And uh uh you know I was happy where the seeding worked out. We I you know I I was hoping that we would get that third spot and um uh and then the random works the way it does and and Uh, We know Edina will be a tough opponent, but uh, trust me, we'll be
2: ready for him. And uh,
1: it's going to be a fun uh, fun uh, day come Thursday at
2: 1 o'clock. 21-6-1 Maple Grove against Edina in the quarterfinals. Game 2 on Saturday at the Exxon Energy Center. The opener at 11, Prior Lake and and Creighton-Durham Hall, then Edina and Maple Grove. You played the Hornets way back in the first game of the season. They won a (laughs) wild one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was quite a game and uh <laughs> um it was you know that was a game that we uh we learned to learned a lot from so to say and uh you know it was the first game of the year turkey trot tournament over in wisata and that's a, a fun venue you have four really good teams going at each other and uh we always hit edina game one and then that we know we're going to get good competition and uh it, yeah it 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 the message we got out of that game is you're you're gonna play uh three periods seventeen minutes and fifty one total minutes and and that's what we've got to commit to the rest of the season because you let down against a, a good team like Edina and they'll they'll come crawling back so that's what happened and and you know we got back on our heels and um uh you you can't take the foot off the gas and it ends uh you know uh, six five and an overtime. Game and um, it, uh, trust me. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll be stringing it all together this time. So we we learned some valuable uh, things from that game.
2: Todd Berglund joining us, hockey coach at Maple Grove Crimson are the number three seed. Play done in the quarterfinals next Thursday at the X scheduled at one o'clock probably closer to 130 or so, depending on how that opener goes between Pryor Lake and Creighton-Durham Hall. Let's talk about your team. Todd, uh, you, you've had a goaltender log of the Lions' share of the minutes. Toby Hop, talk a little bit about him, because you can't win without goaltending.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> you're, you're spot on there, Steve. Uh, it's, uh, defense is vitally important, and uh, I'll tell you, Toby Hop is uh, – I, I would say is on fire right now. He uh, he truly is uh, uh, seeing the puck really well, making uh, just highlight reel saves. He made a couple beautiful saves against Rogers, got um, backdoor kind of play. He got the, the pad across and made a, a, a tremendous save, save at a, a pretty key point in the game. So uh, I, I'm happy where where Toby's at. Uh, he's a... He's, uh, He's on fire, and, and that's a good thing to have going into a state tournament.
2: What about the guys in front of him on the blue line? Who stands out for your team, Todd?
1: On the blue line, you know, we, uh, we've got, uh, you know, some really – you know, going into the season, that was a little bit of a concern, but at this point in time, it's none whatsoever because they these guys have stepped up. Uh, you know, we, we've got uh, Danny Nelson, a sophomore back there, Luke Margano, uh Parker Wentier, our captain, Connor Stelgis, Grant and Beck Picanado. all, all those guys have just they have blossomed throughout the year. And, you know, we, we lost some pretty T D last year, uh three Division One hockey players last season and, and uh um these guys have just uh taken the challenge and, and, and leaped on it. And uh it's just fun to see. And and that was probably I would have to say one of our biggest highlights of the Rodgers game. Our D just played so well and solid. And and when they're playing good, then 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 it uh, puts your mind at ease.
2: And then uh, a number that really stands out for me: Landon Gunderson, nineteen goals, fifty-three assists this year. <laughs> fifty-three assists in a high school—that <laughs> that that is phenomenal.
1: Oh, it truly is, and I, I mean, I watch. I remember watching Landon when he was a, a, you know, a squirt, and just how talented, talented he was with the puck, and how gifted a playmaker he was. I mean, it's like he, he's got eyes in the back of his head, and and uh, he sees the ice so well, and he can move side to side so well, and uh, um, you know, he just has just such a wonderful way of distributing the puck and um you know when you when you think he's going to shoot he puts a, a puck on your stick so you better have your stick ready because uh it, it's going to be there uh you know 99 percent of the time and the great thing he stepped up and, and matured and become a, a tremendous leader on our team and a captain and and it's it's just fun to see how kids mature that way
2: well it's always a great event so much fun to be a part of it whether you're in the building or watching it on Channel 45. Todd, good to visit with you. Congrats and a great season, and good luck at the tourney.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the call.
2: Yeah, there he is, Todd Berglund. Boys hockey coach at Maple Grove. Crimson are back. They're the number three seed, and once again, they get Edina. Here's a quick look at the bracket. At 11 a.m., number two, Creighton Durham Hall against Prior Lake. Then around 1 o'clock, Maple Grove against Edina. And then uh, the ninth session, opening game, number one, Hill Murray Bill Eichner joins us later. They take on Lakeville South at six. And then in the ninth cap, number four, Moorhead against number five, Andover. The Huskies are back. They were able to beat Grand Rapids up in Section 7AA in Duluth. And, of course, uh, the Spuds and the Huskies. That's going to be a whale of uh, a finale in the quarterfinals on thursday night and then on wednesday night boys tournament uh the 1a uh let's get you set there the 11 a 11 a.m game to start it off war road against monticello at one o'clock number three matamedi against mankato east liola and then in the six o'clock game on wednesday number one hermantown against new prague the night cap number four minneapolis Takes on Alexandria It's been a long time since the Minneapolis public schools have been represented. And uh, Minneapolis against Alexandria in the nightcap in the 1 a.m. Wednesday. Quick break. We'll come back. The weather, part of the metro under a winter storm warning now until 4 a.m. And this is for rain, freezing rain, sleet, snow, a real mixed bag making its way toward the Twin Cities. We'll get into that momentarily. We'll talk Wild. They're struggling. We'll talk Timberwolves. They're surging right now. And are right back at home. So Wild and Wolves coming up here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Wild are struggling. They got a win in Philly over a bad Flyers team. They cough up a lead late to the Sabres. And now the Wild are in a little bit of trouble in the uh, In the playoff race, I mean, they sit in third in the Central Division. And they they still have a couple of games in hand over Colorado, one on St. Louis. But you start to look down the standings at the wild card, and they're in danger of falling out of the top three in the division and falling into that wild card scrum. In uh, the NHL's Western Conference. So what maybe two or three weeks ago seemed like a foregone conclusion is far from a done deal uh, for the Wild. And, and their trouble started really in February. Um, and in early February, they shut out Chicago 5-0. Then they got shut out by Winnipeg 2-0. They come home, beat Carolina. They outscored Detroit. And that game against Detroit could have been the canary in the coal mine. Because they, they weren't playing on the back end very well protecting their goaltenders. They gave up four goals to the Red Wings. Then on the road at Winnipeg, on the 16th of February, they got beat by the Jets 6-3. to They got smoked. Then they came home and got drilled by Florida 6-2. to Then they were able to go on the road and swing through Canada. They were able to outscore Edmonton. But the Oilers don't have a goaltending. They win it 7-3. to Once again, another warning sign game. Seven goals. That's great. That's fun. They give up three to the Oilers. Then they cough one up in Ottawa, getting beat by the Senators 4-3. to They play better and get beat by Toronto 3-1. to Then they go into Calgary on that Saturday night and get demolished by the Calgary Flames 7-3. to Turn the page to March. They get blitzed by Calgary 5-1 to on Tuesday night. Escape Philly with a 5-1, 5-4 victory on Thursday night. First night of a back-to-back. Philly's terrible. But a win's a win is a win on the road. You take it, you move on. They had a 4-3 lead late in Buffalo. They end up getting beat 5-4. Now they limp home. They get Dallas in a matinee tomorrow. The Rangers in here on Tuesday, right back on the road, And another road back-to-back at Detroit Thursday at Columbus on Friday. And, once again, I I don't want to hit the panic button because I'll I'll borrow a phrase from longtime producer Craig Shropford. Way too early to panic. But they are starting to sink in the division. Colorado's running away and hiding. And if you look at the central division right now, Colorado, 84 points. They're cruising. 14-point lead over St. Louis. Uh, The Wild uh, sit three back at 67. Dallas, who comes to town tomorrow, two points back. They've played one more game. Nashville, three points back. They have played only one more game. And uh, Winnipeg, a little bit further back. With 58 points, and they played two more games with the Wild. But this idea that the the Wild were going to cruise into the playoffs, you, you can throw that out the, out the window. Sure, they can score goals. I think more times than not, they haven't been playing on both ends of the rink and have exposed veteran goaltender Cam Talbot And young goaltender, Kapo and a little bit more. Now, expecting those guys to stand on their head every night is not a formula for success. And they have to do more to help these guys in the blue line. Because uh, this up and down 7-4 stuff, I I don't want to go back to Jacques Klemere 2-1 neutral zone trap. And, and a lot has been written about that. I don't want to see that either. But I, I don't want to see them get routed by the Calgary Flames in a home-and-home, home, once up in Alberta and once here in Minnesota. That's no fun. And even though you're playing a bag-to-bag and you're playing a ton of games, you're going to win games on the road in the NHL. You should be able to beat Philly, and you should be able to beat Buffalo. And they, they, they just they are not good enough. Defensively, right now, and sure they've had injuries, and Matt Dumba being out of the lineup doesn't help. But they've got to be better, and they they have got to they have got to figure it out because what we're seeing right now is certainly not a formula for postseason success. And it is March; um, you can see the end of the regular season here for the Minnesota Wild. And back to the schedule. Uh, The good news is after that quick road trip to Detroit and Columbus next Thursday and Friday because the state hockey tournament's in town, then a ton of home cooking. They get Nashville, a division foe, huge game a week from tomorrow night. Boston comes in. Chicago should be able to beat the Blackhawks. You get a good team in Vegas. You get Vancouver, Columbus, great team in Colorado. You get Philly and Pittsburgh, all in St. Paul. So after that two-game road trip, they play the rest of the month in St. Paul. So even though the games come fast and furious, so it is an opportunity for the Wild to get right. But then you look at April, and they play a ton of games in the first couple of weeks in April, on the road, so the schedule does balance up. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Wild in a little bit of trouble. They are still third, but <laughs> it is uh, it is getting dicey for the Minnesota Wild. Big one again at home tomorrow, and they got to try and right the ship. And, you know, who knows what, what they're going to do, if they're going to change strategy. they got to tighten it up, though, uh, tomorrow at home against Dallas. That is a 3 o'clock start in St. Paul. Quick break, we'll come back. Uh, The Timberwolves heading in the other direction. They're playing very well. We'll update the standings, talk Timberwolves, recap a blowout win at Oklahoma City. They get another winnable one tonight with Portland at Target Center, a pregame show at 6.30. uh, Tip just after 7 o'clock here on News Talk. 830-WCCO. Winter storm warning in effect for parts of the metro area. Otherwise, winter weather advisory. uh, Rain, freezing rain, sleet, snow. Uh, Travel could be very difficult. We've had some rain here in the northern suburbs. And that winter storm warning in effect until 4 a.m. Could see two inches of snow on the back end of this. Maybe two to four. So be aware of that. Could be a tough night for travel. So by all means, take care. We'll have more on the weather coming up at 5. Following the news here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Quick update on the golf. Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill in Orlando. Tough scoring today. Uh, Victor Hovland, Billy Horschel, and Taylor Gooch all at 7 under par. Scotty Schauffler at minus 5. Gary Woodland minus 4. Rory McIlroy, a fat 76 today. In a group at three under par. So the scoring has been very difficult on a sunny but breezy day at Bay Hill. Arnold's got to be smiling down on the proceedings uh, today. Final round coming up tomorrow at Bay Hill. Timberwolves tonight and Portland. We'll talk much more about the Timberwolves leading you up to the pregame show at 6.30. Uh, Minnesota and Portland tonight from Target Center. Cal Soderquist in about an hour to kind of give us a look at the pregame show. Uh, we'll talk about that blowout win for the Timberwolves last night. They go on the road, they beat a bad Oklahoma City team, 138-101 to last night. Just pure domination for the Timberwolves. And one of the big stories in that game last night, and it was kind of a combo platter for me, uh, between television, Dave Benz and Jim Peterson, and of course uh, the great Alan Horton, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. But a fun one is, is the Timberwolves bench dominates the proceeding last night. Uh, 20 points for Cat, 17 for D'Angelo Russell, 16 for Jaden McDaniels, and didn't play. But look at the scoring from the bench Nas Reed, 20. Torian Prince, 18. Malik Beasley 15 138 101 the final Timberwolves 22 of 47 outside the arc 49 to 90 overall from the field 18 of 23 18 for 23 from the free throw line meanwhile OKC just 9 of 35 from outside the arc Timberwolves roll to the victory tonight and they continue to surge they're thirty five and twenty nine. They take on a Portland Trailblazers team that looks disinterested as of late. I wish I could find Alan Horton's uh tweet from earlier in the day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and find it live here on the fly because this was a great number about the game and I wanna I wanna throw it out if I can real quick. Um and I'm not going to get to it. I, I'm not going to find it. But but it was a great tweet on how bad Portland has been as of late. Just absolutely getting demolished the last three games or so on the road. So a big opportunity uh, for the Timberwolves uh, tonight. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Portland has lost three straight and trailed by 30-plus in all of them. This courtesy of Alan Horton. Minnesota's won three straight and led by twenty plus in all of them. <laughs> That's quite a number. I'm glad I found uh, Alan's tweet at, at the last possible moment to bring that to you. Uh, by the way, a great follow on Twitter at Wolves Radio. Puts in a ton of homework. Once again, Cal Soderquist, our pregame show at six thirty, and the tip just after seven o'clock here on the Home of the Timberwolves. News Talk E3O W C C O. Uh, quick break, and then we'll get more on the weather. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you though, there is a winter storm warning uh, for a part of the Twin Cities metro area. That includes Anoka and Hennepin County, and that runs until 4 a.m. And this is a combo of rain, freezing rain, sleet, and snow making uh, travel potentially very dangerous indeed. So, by all means, take care. Loon's home opener coming up. At Alianza they, they get started just after 5 o'clock against Nashville tonight. Timberwolves are home tonight, wild tomorrow. And we'll keep an eye on all of it here on News Talk. E3OWCCO.